Hello, welcome to Tay2Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Suburban Legends from 1989, Taylor's version from The Vault. Mm, so good. Mm-hmm. And today we are back to the alphabet with The Archer from Lover. Woo, woo, woo. Wow. Finally. It's been a while. It hasn't been a while, but it feels like it's yeah. been a while. Back to the alphabet, which will be interrupted in April. Shortly. <laughs> what a time to be a Swifty, guys. We are never, ever going to finish this podcast. Because she will just keep creating work. And, and like, we can't keep up. We can't yeah. keep up. We're going to have to go back and do 16 songs. Well, truly, because we're at T, so there's literally very few letters yeah. that she could use oh my that gosh. could be after T, oh. statistically speaking. It's very hard to get through this alphabet. I know. We didn't know exactly how many albums we would be getting in the course of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted that. I mean, in the past three years. Oh, it's wild. It is wild. But today we are talking about The Archer, which is the track five of Lover. Yes. Lover was released on August 23rd, 2019, and this song was co-written by our guy, producer of the year, Jack Antonoff. Let's go, Jack Antonoff. So cute. Loved his speech. At the Grammys, for those who are not listening to this right now. Maybe if you're listening to this in two years from now. (laughs) It was after the 2023 Grammys. Yes. 2024 Grammys. 2024 Grammys. Honoring 2023, right? No, honoring like part of 2022. Oh gosh, I don't even know. I don't even know. The Archer peaked at number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100. Yes, it did. The Archer has been played live so far by Taylor 70 times. She performs it currently every night on the Eras Tour and is the closer of her lover section. Mm -hmm. Just so good. But honestly, Justice... For the Archer being in the movie. I know it's on the extended edition that yeah. just released, but in the movie theaters, not having the Archer, Cut. justice. Honestly, it, honestly devastating. One devastating. of my favorite moments of the tour. Seriously. We'll be talking about it later. Yes, we will. Yeah, I was pretty mad when I heard that. I know it's in the extended version. I saw the movie in theaters three times, so I have not seen the extended version rented at home because I want to buy it, mm-hmm. but it's not an p- option yet. Right. So I will see how they did The Archer, as well as the other songs that were Ugh, cut, God, so once good. we're able to buy the film instead of rent it, because I did go to theaters three times already. <laughs> she also performed it four times back in 2019 during the Lover launch. Mm-hmm. She performed it once on the BBC Radio 1 Live Lounge, mm-hmm. which is so good. Yeah. She played it, of course, at the City of Lover concert. Jealous of all those people still. Still. She played it once in the Sirius XM studios in NYC, and then she also played it once in New York for the Lover Experience. Mm-hmm. There was a concert, a one-night-only thing that she did here. Yeah. That is also filmed and on YouTube, which is also very good. Yeah. So, yeah, and she's going to just keep playing it on tour now that she starts in Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, it's so good on tour. It's so good. So, Dev, what do you think about The Archer? Surprisingly, well, this may or may not be surprising to you all, but this was not (laughs) one of my favorites right off the bat when we first listened to the album. In fact, I don't think I listened to it really all that much when it first came out. I know that we did our midnight listening jam to it in our apartment and everything for mm-hmm. for Lover, but yeah. then after that, The Archer was kind of just like, eh. It was slow. It didn't really have too many lyrics. Like, the melody wasn't anything to write home about, but 
I knew that it was one of Gab's favorites. And Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, found, I found a lot to love about the song through her. Mm. And of course, seeing it on the Eras tour was completely life-changing. And the song has so much meaning for me now, like so much more. You could stay. Like, yeah. I just, I just want to start with that. Mm-hmm. The you could stay now being about her fans. Like, you could just feel that in the stadium and it was so powerful and just so incredible and obviously when she wrote this song that i don't think was what she was thinking about yeah when she wrote it i think that she had another person in mind but now it has become about her fans Mm -hmm. which is such a cool thing about so many of her songs yeah is that yeah they may have been written about so and so or or whoever, back when she wrote them. But as the years have gone by, and especially, I mean, the All Too Well 10-Minute version is the apex of this, of it being about the fans and for the fans, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just so, so cool. And we will always be there for Taylor. We can stay. Mm -hmm. But back to the song. It is a slow burn. It's so good. So atmospheric. The build is incredible of this production. The simple synths, say that 12 times fast, (laughs) underneath her vocals at the beginning are just incredible. They give so much space for the lyrics. Mm -hmm. It's just this very simple, like, long held out boom as she starts singing, I'm ready for combat. And it just gives her the space to say these words Mm -hmm. to this person. It's so, so cool and so atmospheric. The use of fighting, war, combat, predator, and prey in this song is very interesting. The fact that she wants to fight for this relationship, the fact that it is so important to her that she put all of the other experiences behind Mm -hmm. her. She wants this person to help her hold on to them. Mm -hmm. She wants to work together, but she is ready for combat. She is ready to fight for it. It's so fascinating. Because she has been on both sides of the relationship. She's been the pursuer. She's been the pursued. Yeah. And neither has worked out for her. For who could stay. Yeah. Which is the whole, you know, crux of the song. It's so, so good. I I love the pulse, too, that begins under, I've been the archer. It's this very little, like, Mm -hmm. I've been to pray. Then the song really goes off when she sings dark side and the beat finally really yeah. comes in yeah and it just stays there i've been there i search for your dark side the lyric help me hold on to you is so interesting too because she wants this person to give her something different this time make it different stay like it it's just it's so heartbreaking too to hear her sing mm-hmm. that She wakes in the night, she paces like a ghost, the room is on fire, invisible smoke, like, all of these things are happening around her that she can't control, and there's all this anxiety, and just please help me hold on to you. Like, help me with this. It's constantly me. I'm constantly having to do all of the work. I'm constantly having to fight. Give me something different this time. It's just so good. And then I, I see right through me, that that ghostly, I see right through me, mm-hmm. I see right through me, before the, all the king's men, all the king's horses and all the king's men, is so interesting, too. And, like, can you see right through me? Because I see right through me, like, I, I'm... And they see and right they through see me. And they see right through me, like, what is it? Why can't anyone just, like, see me? Mm. Like, why can't 
why can't anyone just be with me? Like, is there something else? Like, am I broken? What, you know, it's just so good and so heartbreaking. And all these lyrics are so simple and yet so profound. Mm -hmm. And then the hardest hitting line, all of my enemies started out friends, just brutal. Yeah. Just so brutal. And it's so sad that she felt that way when she was writing this song. Mm -hmm. And then the ending of who could stay changed to you could stay is just so, so, so powerful. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier, like it's now about us. One thing I realized as I was listening to the song over and over again is all the while you have this driving beat and the driving beat stays Mm. throughout the entire song until the end. That's cool. It pushes through until the end. Who could stay? And this just beat that is complimenting her vocals. Nothing else, really. Like, there isn't a whole lot else going on in the production. Yeah. You know, it's it's just the, a couple of synths, a couple of very... Mm-hmm. That gives space for her vocals. And then underneath, it's got that reassurance of the beat. Just That's going cool. through and sticking through it with yeah. her the whole time. It complements it so well. I also just absolutely love the BBC Radio 1 video, too. It's just so, 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 yeah. so good. You always love those BBC Oh, my God, yeah, the Holy yeah. Ground. Yeah. Ugh, so good. So, I mean, obviously, I feel much different about this song than I did when I first heard it yeah. back in the day. I, I adore this song. We've listened to it quite a few times, and God, that tour, so good. Mm-hmm. Gab, what do you think of this song? The Archer is one of my all-time favorite Taylor songs. It is definitely in my top 20. I relate to it really personally, which I'll get to later, but I immediately connected to this song and I loved it and its lyrics when I first heard it. I like how the song starts so dramatically with that echoey effect on Taylor's voice Mm -hmm. and then how she builds the story of the song, like slowly sharing how she feels and what she's scared of. And then that pre-chorus comes in a little faster, building some of that anxiety up of the song. And I think... One of the most revealing lyrics Taylor has ever written is, I never grew up, it's getting so old. Mm, Yeah. You know, referring to that idea that states, you know, famous people are sometimes mentally frozen at the age they were when they became famous, Mm -hmm. which Taylor explores that idea in the Miss Americana documentary, as well as in the song Right Where You Left Me. Right. So I, I think that's a very, very revealing lyric and the archer itself is just full of so much self-analysis like this and you guys know i really love when taylor just lets us all in just like that's deep. my favorite mm-hmm. i also think that that lyric helped me hold on to you it just really pulls like at your heart with how vulnerable it is saying something like that you know and then there's this like ethereal sound as she sings that first chorus and then you know following that that beat that comes in. Jack comes in with this driving downbeat and it just builds and builds as we kind of like speed to the end of the song. Mm. And I just, I love it. I I think that beat really, really makes the song. Definitely. And the build, especially. I also generally love the emotion in Taylor's voice throughout the song. Mm -hmm. I think it really comes through and especially on the second pre-chorus, the lyric, and all of my heroes die all alone. Mm -hmm. Like these are all the people I'm looking up to. I want to be like they die all all alone. And then that repetition in the bridge of they see right through Mm -hmm. me. And do you, like, she's repeating her biggest fear, and it's building this anxiety that's underlying the whole song that really she sees right through herself. Mm -hmm. And that all her fears about what others think of her are nothing compared to what she thinks of herself. Mm. 
they build into the bridge, which is just one of my all-time like favorite Taylor bridges, and it's not a very common one that other people like so shout out though. or say, but it's so good. It's so good. And then that end where she's asking, you know, who could stay, and then she finds the you who can. Like it gives me chills. It makes me emotional. Mm-hmm. Cried. Yeah, we cried. I'm gonna talk about that a little later. <laughs> that emotion. Yeah, I really just I love this song. I love the way it makes me feel. I like the way it makes me feel seen as an anxious girly. Like, songs like this are really why I'm a Swifty. Like, that's the crux of it for Mm. me. Mm -hmm. Devin, Mm. do you relate to The Archer? I have found it, I don't know if it's recent or if I've just been going through therapy and I've been finding more self-worth or something. I don't know. But I've been finding it very hard to maintain friendships. And I think that I was always the one to do the work, to keep in touch, mm-hmm. and to make plans with a lot of my friends. I was the archer. I was always fighting, you know, mm. and, like, to keep the, the relationship. And it got to a point where it felt super one-sided with some of them and made me not really want to keep reaching out. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's, you know, you reach out 25 times and they never reach out once. It's like, oh, do they actually want to spend time with me? Do they want to be with me? Like... I don't, I don't know. And am I being too much? Like what? You know, staying through the ups and downs and highs and lows is tough. And when thinking about this song in terms of, in the context of a friendship, it really became relatable to me because I've never had a, a romantic relationship like this mm-hmm. where, I've, where I've felt this way yeah. from my, my end. But I've definitely felt this way about friendships and especially recently with a few of help yeah help me hold on to you like give me something like throw me a bone you know ask me to hang out ask me how I'm doing yeah I think it's hard too because in all of those relationships or ones that maybe even you're not thinking about someone else might also think that they're the archer and so it's this interesting interplay of like trying to maintain friendships and relationships is hard right yeah because and you it's know, work, combat. Right. Yeah. It's work. And, you know, how I feel about a friendship might not be how that friend feels about the friendship. Yeah. So because they might be one of my best friends doesn't doesn't mean that, they're one, that I'm one of their best friends. Yeah, and that's hard, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I'm ready for combat. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so very, very relatable if you look at it that way. Yeah. Gab, what about you? Do you relate? <laughs> the Archer is very well one of the songs I most relate to and I like really related to it when it was first released yeah I very much relate to the lyrics screaming who could ever leave me darling but who could stay based on experiences with past relationships and how they ended and how I was always the one broken up with for many years I held this very damaging and I think I've talked about this um on a couple episodes before but this very damaging self-belief and insecurity that I could get people to be in relationships with me, fall in love with me, but that after a certain amount of time, I couldn't get them to stay because I was too much or too difficult. Mm. So that lyric spoke to me really directly, like in the terms of who could ever leave me? I'm amazing. I'm dynamic, a fantastic friend, a great girlfriend. You know, I'm generally well liked, but history had proven to me the who could stay. Mm. I was overdramatic and anxious and difficult and bad at compromising. <laughs> and that eventually these things and like my too big personality would like add up and that everyone would leave me after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the belief I had. And even in our relationship, I had this stupid rule that we couldn't get engaged until we had been together at least four years. 
so that you well, know. I, I remember it that we couldn't move in together. I know, but that wasn't what it was. Oh. That's how you remembered it, but it wasn't that. It was oh. that you had to reach that four-year benchmark to prove to me that you could love me past that amount of time. Right. Because that was the length of my longest relationship before you. And I thought after four years, how could someone fall out of love with you? Sure. But they had, so I needed to prove, needed to know that that wasn't the case. Yeah. But through lots of reflection about these beliefs in therapy, I slowly learned to really like let go of this notion that I had about myself as well as to ease up on my rules, especially with you. Mm -hmm. You know, you hadn't done anything for me to have those insecurities and my past didn't deserve to be taken out on you with these rules and these insecurities and these self beliefs that are negative and things like that, you know, and like... We ended up getting engaged a month shy of three years together. We moved in before that, mm-hmm. way before that. And I, and I really think overcoming this idea of myself that I couldn't get anyone to stay has been one of my biggest successes from my time in therapy. Mm-hmm. I no longer feel this way about myself. Like, I really, I really don't. I feel like sometimes, you know, it's like that thing, like, what's the saying? The proof is in the pudding. Like, <laughs> you know... I we have stayed. I have some really long friendships. I have some full lifelong friendships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we make it work. And I also no longer think that I'm too much because what does that even mean? That's like some kind of like sexist trope someone might have said to me a million years ago that then became like my biggest insecurity, yeah. you know? And I think also like when you find the person or people who stay, it also makes you want to work to be a better version of yourself. For sure. And I even learned how to compromise for real. <laughs> it took me a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did learn. Yeah. And so it's it's just so interesting, too, because I even think if we had done the Archer, like, say we weren't doing the song the songs alphabetically. If we had done the Archer when we first started this podcast mm-hmm. in 2020, I would have been on a different journey. Yeah. Um, where I was at with the song and where I was at, like, relating to it. Right. And I still obviously relate to it because these were beliefs that I held for many, many years and really like deep in my soul. But also it's very cool too to learn like you can hear this song and then it can also change and be something else for you too, you know? Now when I hear it too, I think about it in terms of my relationship with Taylor even, Mm -hmm. you know? And so then it becomes not about those insecurities. It becomes about being a lifelong fan. Right. And how beautiful is that? And so, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's really cool it's a very very special song to me yeah so it's cool that we're finally covering it we're finally here yeah yeah, i thought about this song when we first like said we were going to start the podcast and we were like well we need a relate section this is one of those big songs i was thinking for sure yeah oh so good yeah well now we get to the segment of gossip the image of the archer is twofold here First, the archer is the widely known symbol representing the zodiac sign Sagittarius, which our girl Taylor is. Mm -hmm. Here she's framing herself as the archer, shooting arrows at those she loves, and also receiving, aka I've been the archer, I've been the prey. Another famous archer is Cupid, the ancient god of love, who shot his arrows to inspire romantic love. Apparently... And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I often get mythology wrong, Mm. so listeners, let me know. Mm -hmm. But apparently, Cupid carried two different types of arrows, one causing uncontrollable desire and the other triggering whoever was shot to flee. Mm. And Taylor here is examining herself as the archer, shooting an arrow to get the subject to love her, but also worried that those arrows and her tendencies will scare that lover away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I thought that was like Very so cool. interesting. Yeah. And then another archer in mythology is Artemis. Oh yeah, the goddess of, of the course. hunt. And what's really fascinating, and I've been thinking about it a little bit as we've been doing this episode, is that Artemis is a, is a maiden and is forever a maiden. Mm. Um, she never marries. She never finds a husband. She's all wow. she's always alone, and she has her like nymphs that run through the woods with mm. her. And there are men who try to like woo her and whatever, and she turns them into goats. And <laughs> but I, it was very interesting because she is a very prominent archer in Greek mythology. Yeah. A very strong female character, a very um, powerful, I mean, she's also the sister of Apollo, the god of the sun, the fact that she's alone, that That she she never finds a partner. That's fascinating. Oh my god, Gossip Dev. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so. That's really interesting. Pretty interesting. And you know, like, she loves all of her imagery. Like, she knows all this stuff, thinks of all this stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. During the bridge, Taylor references the classic nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty, with the (laughs) lyrics, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put me back together again. Mm -hmm. The phrase that Taylor uses, and I cut off my nose just to spite my face, is a common idiom that means to do something that is meant to harm someone else, but that also harms the person who does it. Right. And it's really funny. So, like, this song had come out, you know, maybe a year into my therapy journey. And my therapist, she was young, and she, like, said, like, the idiom, well, you cut off your nose just to spite your face. I have no idea what it was about. I can't remember. And I go, oh, my God, I know that phrase from Taylor Swift. She goes, I know a lot of people do now. (laughs) Which I thought was funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I wouldn't have known it otherwise. (laughs) We also have our first track five in a while. Big shout out. We haven't had track five for a bit. In her live stream announcing the song, Taylor acknowledged that she had the tradition of placing the most honest, emotional, vulnerable, and personal songs as track five on her albums. And I remember a lot of my friends and, like, people on the internet did not like this song as a track five, and they were upset at it as a single. Yeah. It was, like, it wasn't the most loved, and but then I was like, this is a track five. I think that there was also on the Every Taylor Album Ever Mm -hmm. um, podcast, they said that this track five that the archer didn't really like live up to the other track fives because it was it was totally different from the other track fives and wasn't really a track five interesting I, i'm pretty sure that's where it was every album ranked or yeah. every album ever it's called every the, album the ringer Taylor swift yeah which is interesting because if you put it into context of those four words honest emotional vulnerable and personal yes absolutely yeah but i feel is. like what a lot of people think her track fives are like the really emotional breakup song or like yeah the, but that's the, not it that's it, not. it hasn't been no since so maybe it was just like delicate to is, love her. is not that either. No, delicate is yeah, examining insecurities mm-hmm. and trying to see, Very personal, start something you yeah. can share. It. Yeah, and all you had to do was stay. But that does too. But that is interesting. The different ways people view track fives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's just like going there and sharing something deep, deep with us. Yeah, and I think that she has on all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tolerate it. Oh, can't wait to get there. Yeah, I believe. That this song gets to the core of some of Taylor's deepest vulnerabilities and insecurities when it comes to relationships. Yeah. She's always ready for a fight, always ready for someone to leave, even if it isn't what she wants. She's worried she'll end up alone and that she'll scare everyone she loves away with all my heroes die all alone and all of my enemies started as friends. And she's asking the subject of the song to help her hold on to them, to help fight this deep insecurity and to stay. I think the Humpty Dumpty line specifically refers to the emotional damage that came from the Taylor Swift is over party. Mm. Um, Taylor's used other references to being pulled apart in her songs, which would lead to her 
need to be put back together mm-hmm. again. I believe when this song was first written, it was written as a deeply personal song of Taylor's like insecurities about relationships and holding on to one, and that the one she was in with Joe was the one she wanted to hold on to mm-hmm. and the person she wanted to stay, especially because like Lover was about being in love. That yeah. was what the album's idea was. But it's amazing how this song has changed since, obviously, yes, the breakup, but also really since the release to fans in general and Taylor performing the song live. So the lyric, you could stay, we've talked about this, but it changes from a romantic partner to her fans who have stayed with her through it all Mm -hmm. and have been some of the most loyal fans through her whole career. If you'll remember, Taylor sold out the Reputation Stadium tour about a year and a half after that Taylor Swift is over party. Right. And her fans did stay and do stay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's changed the meaning of this song. And, you know, it's that moment that Taylor looks to the crowd during the Eras tour as she sings that line. And she's looking around and she's saying, you can say it. And we're like, in this incredible tour, we all worked so hard to get to. It was so hard to get tickets. And it's like this heightened, amazing feeling. You're all together. This like collective effervescence of everyone feeling it. And she's looking around at us and saying, you could stay. And you're like, we could, Taylor. We will do anything for you in this moment. And that is when I started sobbing during the Eras tour. That was, I think, the first time I cried. It was pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah, it was just such an incredible moment to the point where even as I was like working through this gossip gab and examining the song, I was like, could it have been about this the whole time? Yeah. And it could have been, you know, like, I mean, I think a lot of the album was about the romantic relationship, but it's also this idea too about, you know, her fans and like her insecurities and then also her insecurities about her music and who she is and what had happened, you know, like they see right through me, you know, that all happened. Everyone, yeah. the whole Taylor Swift is over party. Everyone was calling her fake and everything. Yeah. And yeah. So it's just, it, the song has like a lot of different layers, a lot of insecurities and vulnerabilities in it. I think like a lot of people who relate to that, like really do love this song as well. Mm. But then just that idea of thinking about your relationship as a fan and saying we could stay. And her fans are loyal, loyal. loyal. So it really fits. It really works. And that's why I was so upset that this song wasn't wasn't in in the movie. movie Because I feel like it's the crux of the whole thing. Yeah. But I also think You're On Your Own Kid was the crux of the whole thing. And that wasn't even on the tour. And that wasn't even in the tour. Yeah. It's the first song that plays as you leave. It's (laughs) okay. She can make her decisions. And I'll think my thoughts. And that's okay. And then, of course, we have Travis Kelsey holding up the sign, We Will Stay, when all of the fans were holding up the We Will Stay sign. Yeah, it was like a fan project. Probably someone handed one Mm -hmm. to him. Yeah. Which is so sweet to think about, like, everyone... Like, creating, like, the fan... I love the fan projects, but the fans creating the project to be like, hey, we'll stay, we got Mm -hmm. your back. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so good. Really cute. Okay, well, this is kind of a spoiler, but Devin, what's your favorite line from The Archer? Um, Yeah, you could stay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, honorable mention to um, all of my enemies started out friends. Mm. Also incredible, but you could stay is just it. That's the line. That's yeah. the song. Yeah, same. And the look she gave mm-hmm. when she said and it the at the point. tour. I feel like she's look. She was looking then, right at me. Yeah. Like it was just speaking to my heart. Because you see right through. And, me. I, and it's true. And it also like, you know, obviously it's like so exciting and fun to be a Taylor Swift fan. But it's not always the easiest, especially in like during Reputation era. Mm-hmm. But then like also like. Everywhere on the internet, because she's so everywhere and so big, so popular, if you read the comments, which I don't recommend, don't read the comments, 
people always just want to tear her down. Like, yeah. it's not the easiest Still, thing to be yeah. a Taylor Swift fan and defender. And we stay, and the loyalty, and it just feels special. Yeah. I also love that lyric, all of my enemies start out friends. Yeah. I kind of, like, relate and feel that, too. Yeah. I once texted uh, my best friend. I'm like, this lyric is for us. Yeah. Gina, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I wasn't going to call her out, but yeah. If you're still listening. Yeah, but I don't have very many enemies, so it's really okay. <laughs> Maybe two. Okay, Devin. From one to ten, thrown out speeches I almost said to you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you give the archer? Ten. <gasps> easy. Wow. Easy I'm so ten. influential. Easy, easy ten, especially after seeing it on tour. Holy macaroni. It may have been a nine before the tour, but now that I've seen it and like I've had that experience mm-hmm. and I just feel like it like I've been reborn as a phoenix Ooh. after the after the archer. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, that transition again, yeah. movie. Why didn't you do this? That transition out of the archer into the fearless era is the best transition or one of, one of the of. entire show. Amazing. The golden molten gold falling in front yeah, of the it's screen. Incredible. Paul Sadoti coming out and doing his guitar yeah, solos. I yeah. mean that part As is they walk just down the stage. The lover house that part is, is like really oh, exciting, so really amazing. So good. Yeah. But I mean That's the, okay, they can they couldn't put all the transitions in the yeah. movie. It would have been a really long movie. Yeah, very long. And it already was. But everybody would have stayed. It's true. For that for that movie. Anyway, so like this song is just so amazing. I I don't think that there's really anything that I can, you know, criticize about it. I, I think I think it is just a perfect perfect song. Mm-hmm. Gab. From one to ten thrown-out speeches, I almost said to you, what do you give the song? To no surprise, I give it ten thrown-out speeches I almost said to you. There it is. I love this song. It's absolutely one of my favorites, and yeah, I'm so glad we got to cover it. Finally. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Z Podcast and give us all your thoughts. Are there archers that we missed? Oh. Do you relate to this song in different ways? Katniss Everdeen. Katniss Everdeen is an archer. Great archer. My girl, our, Katniss our guy Everdeen. Legolas. Guy Legolas is also an <laughs> archer. Wow. Merida, archer. Oh, my God. Wow. So let us know your favorite archer wow. in the comments. Also, if you weren't the biggest fan of this song, let us know if anything we said illuminated Ooh. things for you. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Yes, and thank you as always to our patrons. You are the absolute best. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, next episode, we'll be covering The Best Day from Fearless Taylor's version. Aww. What a cute song. Yes. Oh. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>